I've been studying for several months uh, on seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, and that's kind of a series that I'm going to take off with uh, on Wednesday nights, but I thought I'd talk about the first garden today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll get right into the Word of God. Father, I thank you for your Word. I thank you that you established a garden in Eden, that you showed us how to have our own garden. You showed us that everything comes from your Word. Your Word is a seed. And I pray, Father, that before we leave here today and as the weeks come, that we become a garden for you, that you sow your love and your mercy and your grace in us and we give it in return. I pray, Father, that we bear much fruit, that the more we are purged by your word, the more fruit we will bear. And the fruit is not for us, but it's for others. And I thank you that you give bread to the eater and seed to the sower. And we just give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Go to Genesis chapter 1. We're talking about the first garden. It starts out way back in in the first book of the Bible. And we're going to begin reading with verse number 11. It said, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself, the earth, and it was also. That's the way it was. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb yielding seed, after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself, after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, I want you to notice that it said, God said and God saw. God said before he saw, and a lot of times we say what we see, and God wants us to say what we need to see. We look at what we see on the earth, and it's not in a good condition right now. And many of us at many times in our life, we look and we see the bad and what comes out of our mouth. The bad. We begin to allow the bad things that are going on to get into our heart. And we begin to share the bad things that are going on. And God stepped out in darkness earlier in Genesis and he said, let there be light and light was. God spoke into existence everything that we can see came from a place where we cannot see. See, out of the kingdom of God, out of the heart of God, out of the imagination of God, when he speaks, things happen. And fortunately, and in many cases, unfortunately, what we speak, the things that we speak causes things to happen. If we will speak the good things... Good things will begin to happen. You say, ah, it don't work that way. I tried that one time. The Bible talks about, and I know I'm going to get off on many rabbit trails because I've been studying so many different things about seed time and harvest, but the Bible talks about out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. A good man out of the treasures of his heart, he brings forth good things. An evil man out of the treasures of his heart, he brings forth evil things. So whatever gets in our heart will come out of our mouth. So not just saying. Saying is not the 
only thing that causes things to happen. It's saying those words out of our heart. Most of us don't have a, a word issue. We have a heart issue. It's out of the heart the mouth speaks. So whatever gets into our heart in abundance, out of the abundance of our heart our mouth speaks. You can be around someone for 30 minutes and you can find out what's in their heart, especially if you get them mad. Hello. See, what's in us comes out of our mouth. What was in the heart of God came out of his mouth. God said, let there be grass and herbs and trees. Let it be. He said it, and then it said he saw that it was good. So he created with his words, and he saw with his eyes what he had created. We get to see what we create, too. We're not actually, we don't actually create, but we have a creative part of our life that's the God within us. God has created all the good things. It's up to us to get in agreement with God and allow His creation to be part of our life. Every good thing comes from the Father of lights, the Bible says. And it's up to us to get those good things, put them in our heart, speak them out of our mouth, and see them. Amen. God wants us to manifest what he's already given us. People, I hear people all the time. Well God says he's blessed us with this and this and this and this. And if it's a blessing it's from God. And if we'll keep allowing his blessings to get in our hearts. And speak those blessings out of our mouth. We'll actually see the manifestation of those blessings that God has given us. There's an enemy that's trying his best to keep us from the blessings of God. He wants us to live under a curse. God wants us to live under the blessings. In Psalms chapter 1 it says, Blessed is a man who walketh not after the way of the sinner, nor standeth in the... Or, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the way. Somebody help me out here. In the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of the sinner. Nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And there does he meditate day and night. And he'll be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. He'll bring forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall also not wither. God wants us to be like that tree that bears fruit in its season. Amen. We're trees of righteousness. God desires for us to be a part of his garden. Amen. All right, let's move on. Hebrews 11, one, uh, 3 in the Message Bible says, By faith we see the world called into existence by God, by his word. What we see created what we don't see. Created by what we don't see. And I already made that, kind of made that statement a while ago. We don't see something, but we say something, now we see something. That's God, that was his way of getting a garden started. You say, he just spoke it, he spoke it, but look, let's read a little further here. Genesis chapter 2 verse 5. Every plant of the field, before it was in the ground, now get this, before it was in the earth, 
and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Hadn't rained yet. Verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Check this out. God's making a garden. In the meantime, God says, you know what? I don't have a man to till the ground. I'm going to make a man before I actually get the garden growing. We're here to take care of the garden that God already got started. Amen? Oh, I can't pass this up. We heard the preacher the other day on the television. Matt and I were eating lunch or something and watching a, a Robert Morse. He was preaching. And he was talking about Satan was the worship leader, you know. So, And he was. Everybody know that? Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven. All the pipes and instruments was within him. And he was the man that brought worship to God and led worship. Then he fell, messed up, got kicked out of heaven. And now, in this creation, right where we're talking now, how that God made man and he breathed life into him and he became a living soul. And the devil was asking God, who's going to be your worship leader now? And that guy on that TV, he acted like he formed a man out of the dirt. And then he went, blue breath in him, set him up there. And said, let me introduce my new worship leader to you. Amen. I'm telling you, God has more of a plan for you than you can imagine. You're more than just a gardener. I'm telling you, God put breath in us and gave us life to do more than just take care of a garden. But I'm talking about a garden today and i got to get off of worship. We can worship while we're gardening. Amen. We can just praise God and worship Him while we're sowing seed, and if we'll sow the right seed, we'll get the right harvest. Amen? Amen. If you want good things, you're going to have to sow good things. If you want bad things, keep doing what you're doing. Uh-oh. If, see, we, we wake up sometimes, and it seems like the whole world is caved in on us, and we're wondering what God's allowing all this to happen to us for, and if we'll kind of go back and rehearse what we've said and what's in our heart, a lot of times we'll realize, ooh, I planted that garden. I planted those weeds. I planted those seeds. You don't even need help raising weeds. You don't even have to say weeds. You don't say weeds be Weeds are whether you say they be or not. They just be weeds. Am I right? But man, we have to say what we desire, not what we don't desire. Most of the time we talk about those things that we don't desire. We've got them and we don't want them, but we talk about them. We get on the phone. Yeah, I tell you, that old hip's been out on me. I'm talking to a lot of people right now. You know, we share all the bad stuff that's going on. 
Yeah, all that, yeah. They're about to cut my electricity off. That's bad. Please don't, don't leave here mad if they're about to cut your electricity off. I'm telling you, it's time we start going to the Lord. If our electricity is about to get cut off, we need to look to Him who supplies all of our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus and start saying, Lord, I thank you and I praise you. And if we don't have a job, thank you, Lord, for a job. I'm looking for a job, and I just thank you and praise you that I find a good job. Amen? God wants to bless us. There's not a curse from God on us, and I'm going to show you this. Verse number 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed... And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was parted and became into four heads. And I'm not going to talk about the four rivers. God started out with a man. God planted a garden and put man in the garden and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. What God planted is what Adam had for food. See, God didn't plant a bunch of stuff that was not useful. God planted everything that was good for food for Adam and you'll find out Eve's in the middle of this thing here in this moment. Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit causing the fall of mankind. This is kind of in between the lines. I'm not going to read the whole story of that. It'd take too much time. But most of us are familiar. God said you can eat of all the fruit except of the tree in the center of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it. In the day that you do, you'll surely die. Eve took the fruit. Religion says it's an apple. The Bible don't say it's an apple. It might have been. I don't know. But she took the fruit and ate. She saw that it was good and pleasant to the eyes, and she ate it. And Adam was right there with her. She gave to him, and he ate. Say, why did he do that? Oh, no. Why do you do what your wife tells you to do? (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. I mean, she's standing there naked in the garden. Okay, let's move right along here. The poor old boy ain't got a chance. It's like, okay, all right. Genesis chapter 3, verse, start with verse number 14. The Lord God said unto the serpent, now let me, bring you up to this when God came in the cool of the day to speak to Adam they hid themselves when they got the revelation after eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that says they were both naked and they hid themselves well they already naked before they ate the fruit they just didn't realize it boy it gets quiet in here you start talking about naked people running around in a garden But they hid out, and it said they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves in an apron to cover themselves. But God says, Adam, where are you? 
Adam said, oh, I'm over here, dude. I'm naked. I thought I'd hide out a little bit. He said, ooh, who told you you were naked? He said, have you eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Uh-oh. See, God's pretty bright. He knows what's going on, but he wants you to say, yes, I did. So then God, when he con- confronts Adam, Adam throws Eve under the bus. You know, God's coming down on Adam. Dude, what'd you do this for? Hey, the woman you gave me. So God turns to the woman. He talks to her. You know, what have you done? He tells her the things that she's going to, you know, when she bears children, it's going to be rough on her. He tells her, and soon as he starts confronting her, she says, the serpent. Has anybody ever pass the buck so to speak if you got three or four kids it's like you go in there one of them did something wrong and the big one usually it's the oldest one that's messing up and he's already convinced the little ones if you tell on me I'll whip you (laughs) they know if they don't tell mom or dad's going to whoop them so the kid the little kid's going to catch it one way or the other they're either going to get brothers going to whoop them or mom and daddy so they fall on the mercy of mom and dad and tell them that he said he's going to whip me if I tell on you. See, you got to be smart. When you're a little kid, you got to be smart. So Eve throws it over on the serpent's shoulders. And the serpent, it's like the buck stops here. You know, this is where this ideal came from. And then God spoke to him. So here's where we're at in verse number 14, Genesis 3. The Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed. I'm going to stop right here. Don't raise your hand. Many of us were taught at an early age because what Adam did, we were cursed. We thought that Adam became cursed and then we're all cursed because of what Adam did. Let me read and say, we'll see what the Word of God actually says about that. He told the devil, serpent, you are cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. Man, that's not very good food. Verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow in your conception, and you shall bring forth children, and the desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Woo, let me stop right there. He shall rule over you? You guys should be saying, yes, amen. Not one of you. Sitting too close. You know, there's some religions have taken that and just basically brought that to life and says that men rule over women. It didn't say that. It said the husband should rule over his wife. And, of course, Adam didn't do that in the garden. He showed us what he did, and that's most of the time that's what we do. Hello. Because your wife might get you. 
I hope y'all are having much fun as I am. Look at verse 17. And unto Adam, God said, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife. Boy, this keep, just keeps getting better. God said, because you listened to your wife. And you've eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the what? Cursed is what? The ground is cursed, not Adam. The ground is cursed for Adam's sake. In sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. You notice there wasn't thorns and thistles until they messed up. And then when the ground became cursed, the thorns and thistles showed up. And they're here, and they're always here. And you can try to eliminate them, and you can get a nice garden growing, and pretty soon you got thorns and thistles in them. They just grow. They're part of the curse that's in the ground. We have to work against them. Because of the fall of man, the ground is cursed, not Adam. God told the serpent, you are cursed. Again, not Adam, but the serpent. God did not curse Adam. There's a curse of the law that's not mentioned here. This, later the law comes. This is a curse of the fall that's up on the ground. Then there's a curse of the law. When Moses brought the law, there's a curse associated with the law. So we, we get so mixed up and we start reading in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, starting with verse number 1, it says, If you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God and observe to do all that He commands you to do this day, He'll set you on high above all the nations of the earth and you'll be blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed... All these blessings are coming in. Verse 16 says, But if you don't hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe to do all that He commands you to do, then the curse will come upon you and cursed will you be in the city, and cursed will you be in the field, and cursed will be your cattle. Everything's cursed because the law's associated with it, and the law says if you don't do everything, all these curses come up on you. So now, this year, we think, well, I read that, and I didn't do everything it said, so the curse is on me. Has anybody ever read an Old Testament and thought, that's me? Now I see what's going on. Don't raise your hand. You know, it's like I see why all this stuff is happening to me because I didn't do all of the commandments of God all the time. None of us did. Galatians 3.13 says, But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, not the curse of the fall, the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curses everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come up on the Gentiles. That's us. See, the blessings of Abraham, God blessed Abraham to be a blessing. And there's a scripture that talks about we're all blessed with faithful Abraham if we're sons of God, if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So all the curse stuff, it's real, 
But we don't have to be associated with any of the curse of the law. And the curse of the fall, the ground's still cursed. It's just going to take you a little more time to get a good garden. you got to work at it. See, God put Adam in the garden and God planted everything and was going to let Adam take care of it. But then he got booted out of the garden and got booted out into the bigger field. Now it's like be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. I would have rather just hung out in the Garden of Eden, wouldn't y'all? Instead of getting out there where all them thorns and thistles are. I don't know. Probably some of y'all have planted gardens over the years. And you know if the ground is good and smooth and there's no thorns and thistles, you can just plow it up, plant what you want to and take care of it. But if you go by a field that's been set in dormant for 20 years, there's a whole lot of work that's got to be taking place on that before you can actually make a garden out of it. Some of us have been <laughs> sitting around for 20 years. I, I'll just throw out a few statements and y'all can kind of put what you want to in there. A lot of times we sit dormant even though we may come to church. Now, please understand, I'm not condemning anybody. Thank you for coming. We want you to hear the Word of God. But if we don't do something with our heart and get some stuff cleared out of our heart so that the Word can be planted in our heart and bear fruit the way God wants us to, we can have all kind of stuff going on in our life that it's not God's will. Thank you for that thunderous applause. Sometimes there's things go on in our life and we know in our heart this is not God's will for this to be happening with kids or with your wife. <laughs> Trying to help you guys out. There's things that we have to get out and this will be for another sermon, but I'm telling you, until we get some good ground, there ain't going to be no fruit produced in the first place. We have to work on us in order for God's word to work through us. There's a lot of times there's so many things in our heart, the word gets thrown at us and gets sown into us, but there's things that keep us from being fruitful in God's kingdom. And I know you don't get up early on Sunday morning and come here because you don't want to be fruitful. You come here because you desire to bear the fruit of the Spirit of God in your life or you would just stay in bed. Amen? I mean, I know. I mean, you're not coming here just saying, well, y'all try to see if you can make me bear some fruit. No. It's like we come and a lot of times we don't bear fruit, but we never understand why how come they're happy and how come they're blessed and how come all this stuff looks like it's going on good over here but it never happens to me? Some of y'all have said that in your own heart. God does not favor Johnny above Joe. See, God, God, all of us are God's favorites. He don't say, well, I like this guy better than this one so I'm going to really bless him. No, we all have the capabilities of being blessed the same. God wants us to get our hearts right with him so that he can put some fruit through us. Amen? God wants us to bear some fruit. 
in, I just quoted Galatians 3.13. So in Romans 5, 12 through 17, it talks about because of one man's sin uh, or because of one man's disobedience, sin entered into the world. And because sin, death came upon all mankind for all of sin. So what Adam did in the garden, sin got a hold of all of us, messed us up. We all became sinners reproduced after Adam, after his kind. We've all heard that story. But we ha- there's something we have to do about our heart in order to bear the fruit of the Spirit of God. Amen? The normal man, the natural man, the carnal man bears fruit of the carnal man. I'm going to just slow down. If we're not spiritually minded, if we're carnally minded, we're going to be saying carnal things and we'll bear our garden will produce carnal things. Until we get born again in our spirit and get a new spirit within us, we're never going to bear the fruit of the spirit of God. Amen. That's, and most of us here are born again and we still have to struggle a lot of times with bearing that fruit because we allow things to come in and choke the word and the word becomes unfruitful. That'll be Wednesday night. I'll get off on that. Look at Matthew 13 beginning with verse number 18. It says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not... Then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. It's like it's a road. It's a road that's in the field and some of the seed lands on that road and it bears no fruit. But he that received the seeds in the stony places, the same is he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it, yet hath not He hath not root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. We've all at times been offended. Every one of us in the church, because of the church, because of the preacher, because of the singer, because of somebody, because of somebody in the church, we've all been offended before. Amen. Just say it. Just yeah, amen. If you've not been offended, you've offended someone. I'm good at it. I've got a few people offended at me, and I wouldn't even hear for a month. You'd think they'd get over it, but no. <laughs> They're still hanging on. We hear the word of God on stony places. There's stones here, and it's we're getting it, but there's a reason why no fruit is produce through us or we bear fruit because of having that on a stony heart somebody will come and persecution will arise for the word's sake who who persecute it's the devil that brings persecution and what he's after is the word he's after that seed so that that seed don't get sown in our heart and good things start coming out of us the devil don't want you to be a good little christian He wants you to be a Christian that's struggling trying to figure out why there's no fruit in my life. 
We don't want what the devil wants. Amen? So we'll pass these up. Now, now look, the, by the wayside, they bore no fruit. It says in one of the uh, translations, says that the fowl of the air came and stole the seed that was, stuck, was sown in his heart immediately with no chance of it growing. Then the stone, the stony heart, got it, and the heat came up, and the persecution arose for the word's sake, and we got offended, and I'm just going to be offended, and we don't bear no fruit. That is not the fruit of God by walking around offended all the time. I'm talking to the people that will be here at the second service. It ain't none of y'all. You can tell them on your way out when they're coming in, boy, y'all better watch out today. <laughs> He's talking about y'all when we were here. <laughs> then it goes on. Let's read a little bit further. Verse number 22. He also that received seed among the thorns. Remember where those thorns came from? From the curse of the fall. The ground was cursed. So now... We're receiving seed among thorns. It's he that hears the word and the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. We'll get into this Wednesday night. We'll talk more about this. Verse number 23. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60-fold, some 30-fold. Now, if you just think about it this way, if you had a cornfield out there that was all plowed and ready, you bring one truckload of corn in and you put that out and you plant a truckload of corn in this big field out here and come harvest time, if everything goes the way it should, there should be at least 30 trucks filled with corn in the harvest. Now, I'm just putting it in simple terms so we can understand this. On a better plant, there'd be 60 truckloads of corn reaped from one truckload of seed. And on a great year, when everything was right, it rained good, we fertilized it, and I'm not talking about going out and just speaking over it. Y'all didn't get it. Actually fertilized it. Real fertilizer. And the rain came at the right times. Can you imagine a hundredfold return? You had one truckload of corn that you sowed in this big cornfield. Now it takes 100 trucks to come in to reap the harvest that you sowed with one truck. See, that puts it in a little bit better perspective of, I put in a dollar, and I got three dollars one time. I got, and I'm not talking about Choctaw Casino. Got six dollars, sixty dollars. I got a hundred dollars. You see, I'm telling you, in God's kingdom, things multiply. The seed determines what you get, and the ground determines how much you get. So the seed, whatever you sow, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Whatever we're putting 
out is what we're getting back. I tell you, them people over there, oh, they're what you're going to get back, some people over there. If we'll start blessing, we'll start receiving blessing. We start talking what we desire instead of what we already have. See, a lot of times we have stuff that we don't desire. That's not my desire. I didn't want that. I don't know where that came from. How come those weeds are in my garden? I planted watermelons. Notice the word was sown in his heart by the wayside on stony places and among thorns and some in good ground. No fruit until it was sown in good ground. We need to determine in our heart that we will be good ground. Okay? Now, I'm going to teach in the next few weeks how that we can take a 30-fold return and make it a 60-fold return in our lives. In the world, if I just go out and sow seed, if I go down the street and sow the Word of God, you understand now I'm bringing it over to the Word of God, one out of four persons will actually get what you're saying. But thank God for the one that gets it. See, there's one uh, by the wayside, stony, the briars, good ground. There's four grounds mentioned. Really, the ground is all the same. It's just what's in part of the ground. If you go get the stones out, the briars out, and you plow up where the road is and quit driving over that thing so much, you could actually make good ground out of the stony places. Boy, I'm about out of time. I've got to skip over being born again, by not by corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible seed, the Word of God in your heart that lives and abides forever. First Peter 1 Peter 1.23. Now, I'm going to make it. Ezekiel 36, starting with verse number 24. God said, For I will take you from among the heathen, that's good news, and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness. From all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. This is good news. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. See, God is telling us we had a stony heart. Our heart was stone. He was telling Israel, I'll take that stony heart out and I'll replace that stony heart with a heart of flesh, a good pliable, one that can receive the word of God, that can bear fruit. So God did all that stuff for us a long time ago. All we have to do is come to him with our stony heart and say, Lord, I think I'll take that heart you want me to have. Once we get born again, has anybody ever had any stones in their heart after they got born again besides me? It's like, okay, I got a few things here that I've, I've kind of 
thought on and stewed over and left it in there for a long time, it kind of got hard, hard heart. We get hard-hearted towards someone that misuses us or says something bad about us. If God could take out a stony heart a long time ago and put in a heart of flesh so that we could be born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, don't you think that He can deal with those few little rocks that we got in there now and allow that to get out of the way so that now the Word of God that we hear becomes fruitful and we could be fruitful to 30, to 60, to 100-fold? That's what I want. That's what I desire. All of us here desire to be a hundredfold Christian. Every one of us. And you know what? It'd be awesome that if we become known as people of God that has lots of fruit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith. Some of the fruits of the Spirit, that's what comes from the Spirit of God that gets sown in our hearts, all those good things that we really need in our families today. Amen? Bow your heads. I want to just pray over you. Father, thank you that you took out our stony heart and you replaced it with a heart of flesh when we said, I do. When we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you changed our heart given us the ability to bear fruit from your spirit, of your spirit, and by your spirit. Father, I pray that we be those people that bear 30, 60, even up to a hundredfold return from what you've put in us, that we be a channel and an avenue for your kingdom to be multiplied and manifest in this life. Father, in each of our households, I pray for those things that have not been going good, that we've been talking about how bad they are. Father, I pray that we change our heart and we begin to say what your word says over every situation of our life, that we we begin to declare and prophesy your word, that my family will live and they'll not die, that my family's blessed and they're not cursed. Father, help us to begin to be a blessing and allow those blessings to come through our mouths from our hearts. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here today that don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you'd begin to work on their heart right now, that they'd have courage and boldness to make that decision, to know you as Lord, to become a garden that you can bear fruit through them, Lord, and you can produce that fruit. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've never allowed him to take your old heart and put in a new heart in you. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Anyone in the house today, I felt like most everyone here is born again, believer of God. Praise God. Father, thank you that as we leave here today, Lord, we begin to meditate on your word, your scripture, that we realize your word is the seed that gets sown in our heart. Our heart is the garden And those things that are in our heart that need to be removed, Father, I pray that you begin to reveal those to each of us that we can begin to work on our heart. Keep our heart with all diligence for out of it the issues of life come. Help us to get it, Lord. Help us to be fruit 
bearers in your kingdom help us to be recognized by the fruit that we have. The tree will be known by its fruit, you said. Help us, Lord, to be those trees of righteousness that you've called us to be in this community and wherever we go. We just give you praise, glory, and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.